G'day punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 50. Nick Quinn and Shane Crawford here. Paul Salmon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nick. Then after 95, another finals campaign, you mm. end up going to Hawthorne. What led to you leaving and why did you go to Hawthorne? Um, I had no choice. I couldn't play Ford anymore. Ford was doing too much damage to my body. Um, being a six foot nine, thirty year old, trying to sprint and recover and and repeat, um, getting smashed from angle, I couldn't protect. So side and back uh, was causing me a lot of trouble. So um, my my survival depended on me playing ruck. It wasn't about me wanting to play ruck. It was about if I was going to play football, that's where I had to play. Um, Sheed's thought he'd lost confidence in my body. I'm sure, um, and myself, my, I I'd, I'd lost that. Um, in the 93 grand final, in the first minute of the game, Steve Silvani accidentally kicked me in the back of the Achilles. Um, 12 months later, um, after the 94 season, I'm having that reconstructed. Uh, I played that year with a bad, really bad Achilles. My form was down, 95. Rehabbing a reconstructed Achilles, overtraining. I ended up having a double hernia operation at the end of, of 95. So those two years for me were really difficult years. I mean, they they nearly broke me. Emotionally, I was, I was a mess. I was not... Uh, probably a good person in that window of my life, um, anywhere I went. So I had a lot of work to do on myself. Um, Sheeds offered me a chance if I wanted to play somewhere else, he'd support that and help me get to where I wanted to go. It was an emotional time because I'd grown up there, 15 years old when I arrived. I'm now 31 leaving. Um, but I was blessed to end up at the Hawthorne Footy Club in the company of Shane and the company of John Platten, who I fell in love with, Jason Dunstall, who I was one of the few that fell in love with. Um, but I love these boys, and and they were, unbeknownst to me, there was a merger issue bubbling. Um, I wasn't told about that when I signed the contract, but the way the players embraced that year um, and took that challenge on, we had a role to play because Hawthorne, I came to the club and they'd finished second bottom in 95. So there was this big X factor, what could Hawthorne produce the following year, and um, I was on a rediscovery tour. I had to rebuild myself. I, you know, Bowden Babacek is idolised at Hawthorne Football Club amongst a lot of the players. He rebuilt me. I couldn't squat with, um, I couldn't free squat. I uh, couldn't bend my knees to right angles. Um, my back was shot. So he said, "I promise you, Paul, you'll be, you'll be squatting 80 kilos over your head by the end of the year." And I was. Um, so you put the work in, and you get the rewards, I suppose. And I, I, I was surprised myself with the. With what I was, able to, I, I missed the first three games with a um, calf injury. I couldn't. I had a terrible summer with calf injuries, um, but then I got some continuity, and um, and I, they boys embraced me. They gave me a good shot at it, and uh, you know, '96 we could have gone. F- I, I don't. I've never talked to Shane about this, but I reckon we could have gone further if we'd got over the Swans. Um, although Jason did his knee that night and needed reconstruction, um, there was something special building within that group. But um, we we couldn't pull it off. Of course, the, the last round of. 1996 was the famous merger game. We, refre- we reflect on that fondly because we won and that got us into the finals. Um, that was an incredible match, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Because, like, a- an experienced type player that you were, you understood the situation. Hawthorne were trying to, you know, go alone. Melbourne yeah. said, yeah, we're done, you know, hand in the keys. And then yeah. all the players at the time, especially the older players, were unsure whether or not they were going to be going to on the, the list, list at, yeah. the, at the dorks, you know, the, yeah, the, the dorks, demons and the hawks. The you put yeah. them together, you yeah. get the dorks. So who, who was going to be a part of that list? So mm. it was it was an unbelievable game because Dunstall kicked his 100th in that game. That's right, he did, mate. Neats yeah. kicked eight or nine down the other end. Yeah. Um, Alistair Clarkson was playing in that game. Did he play in that game, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I punched wow. on with him a few times. Um, well, I you, always, you know, the conversations behind the scenes were that uh, – yeah, in part, that list. What's it going to look like? If there's a merged team, 
I mean, we've, we've got 40 blokes we've okay. become fond of and we're working together. Um, how many of us are going to go forward into that? Is it going to be Jim Steins or me? I mean, that's why I go and sit Jim Steins on his ass at the centre bounce, first centre bounce, because it's a statement. Jim, this is not just about a win or a loss, mate. This is about you and me now. And this was about this was happening all over the field. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I maintain that there's room for that in today's game. Strategic free kicks are important. You might cost you a goal, but you'll, they'll gain you five because you've actually posi- you've really set yourself up and the team up for what this game is. It's what it means. And yeah, we um, yeah, that was there was it was spiteful. It was hard. It was a good game of footy. I think an honest game of footy. Um, we got one by a point. I think that was a pretty good reflection on the night. Um, so, you know, it was tough for Melbourne. They weren't going to make the final. We were playing for a final spot. But, you know, we, we flecked on 96, and I, and I think it's relevant to say, like, we flecked on 96 and go, thanks, Don Scott. Yeah. You know, you know thank, and people have got to remember Ian Dicker's role, and I think they do, in saving Hawthorne Footy Club. But, you know what, the players were on the phones all year. Um, the supporters, the players stepped up. I know Shane did, you know, with marketing and sponsors and really – trying to do everything we could um, in what was in our power to be a part of the club. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm an Essendon player. I'm still an Essendon player. I'm on phones talking to Hawthorne. And Hawthorne supporters saying to me, what are you talking to me for? You know, you're an Essendon player. Well, actually, we play for Hawthorne now. So, um, And it's a, it was a hard one, wasn't it? Because you, yeah. you, players were ringing supporters, begging them to renew memberships. Yeah. Oh, we'd love you, you know. Thank you for your membership. Can you... Well, you support them. You've let it lapse, and we just and they're saying back, no you know? to it. You know, it's like okay, right? This is wow. You know, yeah. but we knew the club was in in massive trouble. But, but you, you can you think about it. Second bottom in ninety five. If we'd finished second bottom in ninety six, what do you think would happen? Gone. I just I you have to ask the question. You have to ask the question because we don't want to underestimate what. The players achieved for that club that year. I think it's, uh, unf- you know, it's history should show that, you know, we dug deep, we got on the phones, we stepped up, Mark, and we did what we could. Not all the players could do that, or nor were they asked to do it, but those of us who who had some relevance were doing it. And then we make the finals. There was momentum by the time the crowd hit the town hall for that famous meeting. There was a t- it was a town hall room full of believers, not doubters. They believed that Hawthorne had character, stood for something, and they they just wanted it. To be retain its its identity, and I think, you know, it's worth it's worth putting it on the record. You know that um, you know it's nice to talk to Shane about it for the first time. We, we uh, you know, it's sometimes underestimated, but here we are today. Hawthorne's um, alive, and what a club! I mean, what it's done since then, it's uh, phenomenal. And yeah. Shane loves talking about how he had you at the club, both on and off the field. Shane, oh yeah, well, so, so Fish, you were at Hawthorne for four years, yeah? Is that right? Uh, five. Was five, it five? Seasons, oh, I missed yeah. that first one. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go back and look through what Paul Salmon did for the Hawthorne Football Club as a ruckman, and the influence he had, not. It was incredible on the field. Uh, I'm pumping him up, but it's so he should be pumped up. But certainly off the field as well from a leadership point of view and just someone who had had so much experience, it, it was profound. And there's no wonder that he was, you know, placed into the team of the century because you go back and look at the games and seriously, as a player underneath, and Daniel Harford was an on-baller as well, he would just feed us. He would just feed us by getting the ball down. And you spoke about Bowden Babacek and the work, the 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 yeah. weightlifting power cleans, all of yeah. that stuff, which you obviously hadn't 
done a lot of. He came in and he worked, and we had all huge question marks. Oh, yeah. is he just coming here to, you know, get his yep. get his pay and Retirement then you know yeah. whatever it was? But his five years were out of this world, and oh, thanks, we mate. had we had so much fun. The the best thing about fish was on a Monday after young kids. <laughs> We'd go out to the nightclubs and Fish would obviously go home yeah. to his beautiful wife, Joe, and family, you know. Obviously. She needed me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'd sit in this massive spa, which is probably a 20-seater spa. Jason Dunst would yeah. be in there, Paul Salmon be in there, and then a few of us young ones, and, and we'd be sitting there like, okay, what happened on the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I promised myself when I, when I started this process of playing footy at Hawthorne, I, I promised myself I'd enjoy it. I'd, I'd forgotten how to enjoy footy. Um, it was a burden. Essendon had become a burden on me. Um, I disconnected from the, the colours. Um, I was disliked, I felt, by vast majority of Essendon supporters um, and uh, grossly taken for granted. Um, it's how I felt at the time. Because yep. I'd been there as a kid, so it's natural that people just think you're a part of the furniture. And, you know, um, there were things that I, I, I think I've the only player maybe in history to have a 201 game banner because they forgot my 200th you know I, I um I wasn't mentioned on the back of the 93 video the grand premiership video uh, but all the other senior players were these sort of little things that when you know you're kind of and you're probably overthinking that I yourself. am because I'm starting to wonder where I'm sitting and my body's let me down I'm my heart's on it so I'm to blame I'm there's no question about that but I there's this is mitigating stuff and I got to Hawthorne I promise I'm going to enjoy it I'm going to smile I want to help my teammates enjoy footy because it's hard enough as it is you know so I hope hope um I hope I played a small role in that but uh, there was a lot of work to be done and you can't shirk the work um so I I, I went to work I surprised myself um with the amount I, I did and I probably rubbed the the coach at the time can judge, judge up the wrong way at the time because I was really, really strong and definite on what I had to do to play my best footy and to. And he was a very and, serious coach, you know, and, and yeah. I thought he did a really good job of trying did. to get the best out of the group. Yeah. But, um, you know, like we would have some pretty serious full on meetings yeah. and there'd be some colourful language and there'd be some serious discussions. So yeah. we needed some experienced guys to just actually. A levity. Yeah, make well, it Jason a bit Dunst more fun. used to fart all the time in team meetings, didn't he? Well, Je- it was <laughs> unnecessary. And he'd sit behind me all the time and he'd fan it my way. And, <laughs> and there was one time, Judgy, Judgy was fed up with Jason's shenanigans. And I must admit, I contributed occasionally. But, <laughs> but we, so we got hauled over the coals, you know. These two, two like, blokes have been playing AFL footy for nearly 20 years and uh, we're getting smacked for farting. <laughs> <laughs> Called in into the headmaster's office. So I'm ringing, I'm ringing Bung on the way home. He's the car. We just laugh. We couldn't talk. We just laugh. We said, did that just happen? Did we just get smacked for being for, for breaking wind? Um, but yeah, there was. There's a time and a place, and we didn't choose the right time or the place. So guilty as charged. But they were good years. Um, people reflect on the late '90s for Hawthorne has been the average lost years. Or, but you know what? We made finals in '96. We made finals in 2000. Some great players come through that era that went on to be champions of the game. We didn't have money to throw around and at no that money time either, so we couldn't entice were, a lot of players. Yeah, facilities were ranked, uh, I suppose, by comparison to other clubs. Um, but they're the foundations you build great clubs on, I suppose, and you get good people. Clarko comes in and Jeff Kennett and who all, you know, whoever else. You know, Ian Dicker did a wonderful job. Um, but, yeah, that period I, I, I reflect really fondly on. You know, it's just uh, it, it's equal and a change... This is sound to sound a little bit hard to believe, but it really did change my life. G'day, punters. Once again, we're going to Tab's leading bookmaker, Bart Kennett, for the Sunday play. Bart, what have we got this week? We're offering $4.50 
for Tom Mitchell and Lockie Neal to combine for 65 or more disposals and at least one goal on Sunday afternoon, where we'll see the Hawks host the Pies at the G and Fremantle at the home in the West up against the Lions. Now, I had to double check this stat. Tom Mitchell has a career average of 37 disposals per game against the Pies, and that jumps to 43 for his time just spent at the Hawks. Expect to see him to get plenty of the ball up against a very leaky Pies midfield. Lockie Neal, well, he's currently our outright Brownlee medal favourite. He's in scintillating form at the moment, averaging 32 disposals per game, and he loves to push forward and sneak a goal, averaging 1.4 shots on goal per game this year. $4.50 sounds like good value. Thanks for that, Bart. Punders, you can find the offer on the Tab app. Offer available online only. Price subject to change and subject to liability cap. No multi, bonus cash, cash out, partial cash out or live bets qualify. See market page for details. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. The winter chill is in the air, but the AFL is only heating up. And with Tab's same game multi, you can combine your favourite AFL markets like head-to-head, total points and anytime goal scorer, all in the one bet to get bigger odds. Available on every AFL game played this round. Check it out on the Tab app today. Tab, long may we play. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1-800-858-858. this man wins the Brownlow medal. Yeah. The highest accolade in football. Absolutely. But he loves telling a story about you from that night. <sighs> Don't tell the story. I'm not sure what the story is. The <laughs> I don't know what happened. It no, was Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah, this, this yeah. is obviously, you win the Brownlow medal and the AFL puts on a party. Oh, so yeah. So don't worry, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. other story, Fish. It's all good. <laughs> I've got the other stories. <laughs> There's so many stories. No, um, so the AFL puts on a party, yeah. um, but because it's in Sydney, normally in Melbourne, you know, yeah. I, I would have been, I would have loved to be an older get all your teammates, hey, come to Crown Casino, yeah. we're having a party, it's all on, go for it, uh, launch in. So there was only four or five of us that were invited to Sydney, so we were just wandering around, pre- inviting everyone back, come back well, the, to uh, the hotel, we've got a party, Shane, Shane full of alcohol. At, Shane got to start at midday that day, a rat was oh. up there, Rat Platten was there, and um, I can't hold it. Yeah, so neither by the function came around, I'm, I think I got my bow tie in the wrong way. and he, uh, he thought we're up there for the Logies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... What a great night. We win, the party's on, so we invite everyone back, and there was all sorts. There's players from other clubs. You know, the Hawthorne boys are in there having a great time. Um, and that must have been after I left. <laughs> the big fish is you know, having a great time, and yeah. obviously, as he said, he hasn't... Very happy, very doesn't, happy. ...doesn't drink a lot, but, um, you know, he was the life of the party. And then next thing, I just see... Craig Hutchison running as fast as he can through this room, thinking, what on earth is going on? And then the next thing, the big fish. No, I want, no. Back to uh, his 18-year-old no. days when he had great speed. <laughs> He's chasing Hutchie through the no, room. I I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. That, uh, that oh, happened. Well, you've, no, you, I love the, the colour. That, I love no, what done with you the story. chased him no, out no, no. of the function room. No, I didn't. My I party. Walked, I got walked out of the function room by Chris Langford. No, you chased him. No, you did. <laughs> I left him behind. No, can I, I, that's his version. That's a no, lovely version. My version. No, it's not bad. I was standing with Ian Dicker was he at in the there? time. Was yeah, he oh, and he's like, what's going on there? I said, I don't know. I've never seen fish move so quick. <laughs> and you were yelling, I'm going to kill you. No. You were. No. What I'll, happened? I'll, I'll, can I, I'll, I'll give you my 
but now you've brought it up. I've, that's been that story's been parked, and Hutch and I have respectfully said, you know, we would not. It's a hundred percent We would not speak to it because it's a. It was a moment in time, and. Everyone was a little bit... I'm standing in a small group of guys, right? Seven or eight blokes. And we're talking, we're laughing. We're so happy for you, Shane. You, you know, it's a great night. And and as I record, I mean, things were happening. And I asked Hutchie not to maybe stop flicking us with a hand towel at the time, right? He was flicking blokes. It was annoying. He was having fun. He so was it wasn't about an article or something he said? No, no, no. He was just it was about the, a hand towel. He was flicking the blokes with the hand towel or something. And I... And as I record, and again, I'm again, it's my version, and Craig will have his own. Um, was I just asked him to stop, and he he, he didn't, and um, I, and and I didn't chase him at all. Just so you walked swiftly, yes, no, out of the no room. small while he ran, and I looked at Langers, and Langers is going to give me that shake of the head. You know, you know what have you done? Um, kind of look because you know it needed to be sort of settled down pretty quickly. I didn't want to spoil Shane's night, and then we <laughs> I, let, I went out of the room, and I'd had a good day, and I knew I knew it was probably time to lie down. And um, Langer said, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "I think I'm going to call it." And he goes, "Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, you know, uh, go to bed and get a good night's sleep." But I, I missed most of it. But I swear to God, I, I I love your version, but I didn't chase him. You did chase him. I didn't like, chase him. what's the, which you've one just you believe, admitted? Queen? You've just admitted <laughs> that you had a bit too much to drink. And it's, I've never seen you run through a crowd. We've all turned our head oh, like it was in a, a scene out of a movie. And Hutchie about, had the look of fear in his eyes. What, I've never seen him move so what fast. A, what about the uh, So much so that we raced out into the hallway of this hotel thinking, oh. fight, fight. It's like the no, Essendon Collingwood Hawthorne Essendon days. It was over and done with very quickly. It was, it was very minor. There was nothing on it. Uh, Craig probably put the hand towel down and he enjoyed his night and um, I'm not taking the bed. hand towel I'll tell you what I reckon he wrote something about you or he said no, something no, about no. you and then no, he, he was um, you I, had I, to I'm trying to I'm trying to be fair with this story because I, I promised myself I'd never tell it and so it's not Hutchie but you well it's not a really offensive story like flicking with that, a hand towel you know we're chasing one another around the room um, yeah it was it was just a little annoying and I, I probably <laughs> I was tired and emotional and I asked him nicely to stop And alright so but did you did you get a little bit of a stride up no, no. You, you reckon you you swiftly walked through the room? I don't know. I don't remember doing. It. I I remember. Um, okay. Do you know what? I'm going to the CCTV. Uh, I reckon there's a bit of mayonnaise, but I don't. know. If you want me, to, if there's you no it's a mayonnaise. Story, is it a better story from running? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. We'll keep it. Keep it in there. Keep it in there because yeah. I think the, the, our audience here enjoy. Why, why are we making it up? More than mine. Why would we make it up? It was well, a highlight of our well, night. Well, why? Why do? You, why does a bit of colour and um, movement get out of doing any story? He loves Hutchie stories. What? How's and he kicked on Craig? He's done amazing done in his job. career. Amazing. You probably scared him straight, I reckon. After that, no, I don't. No, I'm not a scary man. It was a very harmless. Well, incident I'm sure you don't. But keep... very funny for the circumstances. Well, not very funny, but obviously it, it grabbed some attention because of the two part, the two protagonists. You know. Um, anyway, we we I saw Hutchie the next morning at breakfast. We shook hands. I said, "Oh, apparently." Sorry for chasing you. No, <laughs> apparently, we uh, 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 um, there was a moment last night, that, and he goes, "Yeah, that's all good." And and we both, in a very mature way, said, "We'll we'll park it there, and it shall never be raised again." And it wasn't, <laughs> but there were some eyewitnesses apparently. Yeah, about five hundred in the room. <laughs> Oh dear! I regret. I do regret it. Um, whatever happened, I do. Do you regret. know what? I'm going to investigate this. I'm going to get to the bottom of it and work yeah. out whether or not he was yeah. running by asking my teammates who were there. Ask Langers. He's a reliable source. He's reason. a great man. Yeah. yeah, he won't lie. He was doing push-ups in the corner. He was. Pro- yes, I think there was a there was a. He did catch his reflection at one stage. He was distracted. <laughs>
<laughs> he got distracted for a moment. So when you were at Hawthorne, Hawthorne yeah. was a bit different, and I can remember early on, you know, obviously developing a relationship with Jason Dunstall, who who does things a bit differently and yeah. very sarcastic with his feedback. And, <laughs> you know, we used to hang crap on each other mm. quite a lot, and that was sort of an endearing sort of yeah. way that we would connect. Yes. So you early on were like... This is this is a bit weird here. It's a bit different. Oh, I, I was really refreshed by it. I mean, um, you know, the the characters. Uh, you know, to walk into a locker room now, given the rivalry Essendon and Hawthorne had, to walk into a locker room and you know there is Jason Dunstall. And I know Langham's was coming in out of Sydney at the time, but there was John Platt and there's Ray Jenke, there's Darren Pritchard, there's all these players that I played against. You know, Paul Deere, um, Andy Collins. Andy Collins, serious oh, pills. So we love him. I've come across with the I've come across <laughs> to Hawthorne with the best of intentions, but my body's letting me down. It's I've we've played three games and we've lost first three rounds. So and I haven't played Eckham McCarth, and so we're sitting in this. I'm in the I'm in the leadership or the what it was could early be considered as early sort of leadership group kind of style thing. So I'm sitting in the leadership group, not sure what I, I don't want to be there because I just want to fly under the radar, get, do the work, play, and earn the boys' respect. Yada yada. Um, and yeah, and st- and Kylo's just staring me down, like in this meeting room. Like it's, it felt like it took an eternity, but he's just staring at me, just eyes on me. And I'd sometimes I look across and catch his eye. And it was very unnerving, right? But he didn't take his eyes off me. It was he was trying to intimidate, maybe. But um, I found it vaguely humorous that he was doing this. And um, anyway, the Ken goes, "We we well, I want to share the team with you. We've got a couple of question marks, a couple of boys. What do you think?" And Kylo goes, he just looks at me and goes, "When are you going to play?" And I go, "Well." <laughs> That's all he wanted to say. Just really candid. Bang. When are you going to play? And I go, well, I'm ready to go. I I don't know. It's up to Ken um, now where I play. He goes, and that's when he said, you're in the team this week. That's when I got my first news that I was going to play. And he goes, and Colo just goes, he used some expletives. He goes, about effing time and that's the stuff. We're going to need you this week. It it started negative, but then it turned into a positive thing. He he just was desperate to get me out there and play. I think it got to that point. I was certainly that way. and so, yeah, Colo was serious. But to go into the locker room with all those guys, um, to be able to reestablish myself, I was a definitely a different person at Hawthorne early days than I was at Essendon. I'd created a big hole for myself at Essendon that I was a bit of a, maybe a, a locker room larrikin and I'd wanted to fun and, and, and all that stuff. But I'd, I wanted to get the balance right at Hawthorne. I wanted them to see that I was serious about my football. One way to do that is training. The next way to do is perform. I think the boys knew that um, after a while they got... Um, uh, maybe comfortable with that. I was there for the right reasons. I Shane mentioned earlier there was doubts on that. I just wanted to. It wasn't about winning them over. I actually, with respect, I didn't care what they thought of me. I was that. I had been um, consumed and uh, been obsessed, and my body had been taken over by this. Uh, I, I hope this doesn't sound too corny, but just this ruthlessness. I, I just didn't care what anyone thought of me at that time. I didn't care. Initially, I wasn't deliberately going out to win their respect. I just was in my own zone about get my body right, playing footy, and the rest would happen. I was naturally a team person. That I didn't have to contrive that. I was naturally on the field wanting to bring my teammates in it. I didn't have to contrive that. What I wasn't good at was being selfish. Uh, just um, selfish to a point that it may turn somebody off, what I was doing. And, and uh, I had to get comfortable with that part of me. I had to dig into that side of me that I didn't know existed. Or I knew it was there, but just wanted to avoid it because it probably wasn't going to be nice. You know, I, I, um, but I got... Good with that. I got good at that. I got good at being, and I say to people now, selfish is not a bad word. It's not a bad word. If it's applied properly, it's a very healthy word. Um, being ruthless is not a bad thing. If you've actually got the objectives right and the intent is right, 
it's a good thing. I mean, sometimes you have to be that to achieve and then other people come along on the ride with you. And um, so I had to get the order right. And I think I did that pretty well. And, you know, we got a bit of a momentum up in 90. The boys won some, com- I won some confidence uh, in the guys. Um, I wanted to see that I was serious. I always smiled at the bottom of the race before I took the field. I'd, I had stopped smiling at Essendon. So I promised myself I'd smile. It gave me a break it down, but it didn't make me any less ruthless on the ground. I had to beat Scott Wind. I had to beat Jim Steins. Jim Steins has been making a laughing stock of Ruckman for years because of the way he ran and the way he played the game. And I, I, and, and just excuse me for saying, but I was offended by the way he was exalted for that, you know. And and told and being told, everyone was saying he was changing the game of Ruckwick. No, Peter Moore did that twenty years before you. Okay, yeah. So, but don't don't play him on his on his terms. I I, I got to play these blokes on my terms now and I had some success against these players because I knew this game and I knew how to play it and I wanted to take them down my way and I became that was my headspace and and I really enjoyed doing it um they had me they got me sometimes I know I got them um when I uh, so for me it was about testing but Corey McKernan was a super ruckman in the mid-90s in terms of his athleticism and the way he got around the park and it's a great challenge for a 31 32 year old to say okay Corey where's your Where's your weak spots? Where can I get you? And and for me, it was just about asking him to make decisions constantly about me. Just just to take his take his uh, attention away from his wet sail stuff. That is, I've got a wet sail. I'm just going to it's momentum. He's a momentum player, and I just need him to know that I was out there. So I'd ask him to make silly silly decisions that he probably wasn't accustomed to. So I had fun with it. I was starting now to play this psychological game with opponents. Um, the only one I couldn't do that with was Justin Madden. He was a master at it himself. Um, you know, uh, it's, so I had, I was enjoying football for all the right reasons. I was enjoying ruck work. You know, um, I I knew I I knew I had an Emmy in 1990. That year that we played, I played the first half of the year in the ruck. Uh, and excuse me if this sounds a little self-indulgent, but um, Simon Madden was injured for the first half of the year, so I played full-time ruck. The only time in my career up to that point, and then it was Hawthorne until I got to do it again. But at the halfway point of that year, I think I was leading the Brownlow and the club best and fairest as a ruckman. And then Simon came back and went to Ford Pocket. I ended up winning the Cub goal kicking with thirty six or seven goals or something puny like that. But but I you, every player sort of takes little sound bites out of their career, and, and that's what I relied on. I relied on that window of my that twelve week window of my football career to, to make me the player I was at Hawthorne. Um, and I had averaged twenty games a year over five years at the Hawks, and at, from a player that thirty that everyone thought was shot mentally and physically, and I was. But yeah, I'm proud of that window. Love the club like. I can't tell you how much I love the Hawthorne Footy Club and uh, what they did for myself and my family. All my family break for Hawthorne. And I remember it incredibly fondly. And I know premierships are a standout and players were almost expected. And I love those years with those boys and those experiences. But what I achieved individually and what we achieved collectively around the club and, you know, and I, when I left in 2000, we played in the second semi final. And I felt that was a good time to wind it up and let the next crew come through and they played in the preliminary final in 2001. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of rambling a bit, but those times were special. And I was able to retire from footy, I mean, ironically, after she's telling me at 30 that I was gone, you know, six, seven years later he's asked me to make a comeback. So that was really odd and ironic, but that says more about him and the quality of person he is, that he can park all that stuff that, you know, the decisions he made seven years ago or what it was and and had the bravery and courage to ask me to make a comeback. Um, and, and if I may, I've, you know, I know you haven't asked me the question, but that comeback wasn't about uh, me. I had, I had nothing to fulfil. I didn't do it for money. Money wasn't great. It got me on the... Um, uh, they had a, uh, 
they had some allowance for veterans. A at veterans the time. list. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So I got yeah. on that. Um, but and that I, was a shock for us as well because we well I obviously you, this, you yeah. had Essendon and then went to Hawthorne and your durability and your consistency was through the like, unbelievable. Like any boundary throw in, we just knew fish would win. And not only that, the confidence that the on ballers had. We were just lining up to get to oh, the it's spot. It's nice you to say that, but I no, love no, these no, guys it, coming to me and going. But it's true. It's like, okay, yeah. where do you want, want? Okay, bang. And there it would be there to obviously right, so. get the footy and off you go. But Daniel Harford told a story on this show because we've had the great half on oh, here cool. before. <laughs> and he, he told a story how you yelled at him a boundary throw in one time. Half, come here. And you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's just jogging along. He said, half, come here. So you kept yelling at him. He yeah. finally got to you when yeah. you... you just leaned into him and said, I'm on fire. How am I looking? You know? <laughs> so yeah, that was I, the I type of humour he would bring, even centre bounces. <laughs> but um, it was incredible. His, his Hawthorne period as a ruckman, there, so. there wasn't there wasn't a more dominant sort of player in the AFL if you look at, you know, from a big man. I was very kind. Point bit, of view. Bit generous. But, but then you well, retire mm. and we said, what, what an amazing career. And then it was a shock out of nowhere. Yeah. Hang on. He's gone back to Essendon. Well, this was interesting. And, and just pick up on that really quickly. I mean, I, I love the rapport I built with these guys, you know, because Shane was composed. If I if we needed a clutch move at a boundary throw or a, or a stop play, I, I knew when I needed Shane and he would always step. If I needed a party trick, I needed a, a, just a little bit of quirky magic. It was half and half. And these guys built enough confidence to come to these stoppages and go, that's the spot. And so in the end, they probably didn't realise it. They were telling me where they wanted it rather than me telling where I was going to put it. Um, there was great moments like a 12-goal comeback against St Kilda where we just started to take some amazing risks and roll the dice and as, a, as a midfield crew. And we ended Timmy Watson's career. Yeah, we unfortunately we did. Mm. Yeah, but Tony Woods, um, underrated player. But I'd, you know, if it needed to be, if it was grind yeah. and ugly... I needed Woodsy right at my feet. And so you just get to know and build rapport with these boys. And yeah, I retired. I was ha- happily retired. Um, had no intention of playing again. Um, I played in this, uh, this is vaguely humorous. I played in this EJ Witten's Legends game in my first year out. And I was moving around okay because I didn't stop <laughs> training. My wife was trying to say, it's not training, Paul, it's exercise. Now you're exercising. Yeah. You are never training again. Right? It was just a little nuance. That, you know, when players retire, they continue to use the same language they've used for years as players. and So she'd got me to say, I'm exercising, right? But that, I'm always training. And, and then played this game, and then Adrian Dodoro ran me after the game. He goes, you went around all right. I said, oh, I'm feeling all right, mate. But, um, yeah, it was only a Legends game. So um, he goes, Seeds wants to know if you'd be interested in playing again. So they've watched the Legends match. I'm the only player that... to ever get drafted out of a Legends <laughs> No way. <laughs> that yes. is, that's a great story. Well, that's what Dodoro and and always that... laugh about. It goes, you are literally the only player to get drafted from a Legends game. And at 37, <laughs> I'm still the oldest player to get drafted. But the um, the beauty of that was the courage and she's and Adrian to, to, to have that thought. And the reasons were simple. There and it was really all just a football decision, that's all. It was like you play local footy and you think you've given it away. But they're low on numbers or the coach or your mates ring up and go, oh, Fish, could you just eke out? And I know it's different because I know it's a, a tough and it's hard work these summers and getting yourself in the right condition mentally, emotionally to play. But, you know, I heard he rings and a few other boys and Sheeds and um, Sheeds was great. The conversations we had about where we'd come from and I didn't do it for the Essendon fans or the Essendon footy club. I just came back because I thought, you know, Sheeds really believes after – a one-point loss in 99 to Carlton in a preliminary final after a win in 2000, after getting beaten by Brisbane in 2001 after being five up at halftime. He had one more roll of the dice, and he was he was off-cutting four blokes for salary cap, four popular players. So, 
I mean, I wasn't silly enough to know that he was getting me back to sort of manage the locker room a bit, as well as if he could get something support out for David Hill. So I was just mates. If Hawthorne had rang me and said, Fish, Sean Wren needs some help, we, um, I would have done it. Because it's just, at that stage of your career, it's not about anything else except that rapport you have with your friends and your, and your mates. So it was really innocent. Um, it took me six games to get going. I missed the first six, but I played the following 15 that year. And, and it was. I'm glad I did it. I mean, the only thing reason I'm not glad I did it is because it hurt some Hawthorne people. Ian Dicker um, was not comfortable with the call. I rang Schwabby. I said, mate, I'm about to make this decision, but if you want me to do it with you guys, I'll come back and play with you. But otherwise, this is a scenario. He goes, like, I just don't want you to see you play reserves fish. And I said, um, well, that's a risk I'm prepared to take. So that made up your mind with Hawthorne anyway, because you're thinking, hang on, the coach is already throwing me up for the reserves. Well, yeah, well, Swabby, yeah, well, that's right. But Swabby, I was just doing a courtesy thing. And the Hawthorne yeah. club, football yep. club meant so much to me. And you know what? I wanted to be, at that stage, I'm more comfortable now being a two-club player. At that stage, I wanted to be remembered as a Hawthorne player. How did you go watching the 2001 prelim final, Hawthorne up against Essendon? Um, I was a Hawthorne person at that stage. I went, I was, I I went to that game uh, brown and gold through and through. Um, so I didn't have any trouble with it at all. I, I bled like every other other Hawthorne supporter that um, when we didn't get over the line, we just lost it. Um, I wanted so much for those boys. These are the boys I've bled with for the last five or six years. Um, uh, I was ruck coach that year for a year with Rennie. So I was still very much immersed in the Hawthorne way. So 2002 disrupted that. Um, and look, as I said, I don't regret it. I I'm really like the fact that I'm... I've had two for very fulfilling careers at two clubs, two great clubs. I mean, wow. Could you pick two better clubs to play for? I'd argue you couldn't. Um, and then, of course, the 2008 Premiership, some years later, I'm watching that. And of course, Essendon weren't involved, which is good, but I'm watching that. And Dipper and myself and Rat up in the stands after it, just jumping over one another. I felt it felt so good. And just to see this guy have that moment, um, you know, you don't appreciate how much that moment shared with our old teammates and people that love you, but it was a, it was a very special, special day. Um, and I remain to this day to be a, you know, a very ardent Hawthorne fan as well as Essen. And I, I've got some, yeah, I've retired a very fulfilled person, so I've got no problem, you know, barracking for both teams. It gets harder going to the games. I went to the most recent one, Hawthorne Essendon, <laughs> Marvel Stadium, and I'm watching. You know what? And people think it's, oh, you don't care who wins, do you, Fish? And I go, no, I don't really care. I mean, I do care, but I don't. it's not going to make or break me on the night. Yeah. But they're just not an enjoyable game because I'm sitting there. I know people watching me for a reaction, you know, to cheer a Hawthorne goal or an Essendon goal or a boo a free kick. So I just sit there and I'm just being bland. I'm just watching a game <laughs> of footy and, you know, the result's not a... So I don't actually really love going to those games, uh, which sounds odd, doesn't it? And it is a really this is really quick. There's one uh, a few two or three years back when uh, Hawthorne just got up, right? So Essendon family, this is like in the last minute of the game, and Hawthorne Essendon family are leaving a dad and his two kids, and they go past me, I'm, and they see me, and they go, and I go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm throwing my hands up, and you know, going the big sigh, oh, we've lost, you know, um, and then. 30 seconds later, this Hawthorne family are leaving, mum, dad, and three kids. And they see me, and they walk past me, and they pump their fists, go, yes, yes. <laughs> and I go, yes, yes, I'm pumping my fist. That's my life yeah. with Essendon and Hawthorne now. It's kind of, I just, I'm just walking both sides of the fence, which is cool. And yeah. that first person who's ended up walking behind you going, well, that's a bit unusual. He, just, he looks yeah, so sad. Next and, me. Well, the people yeah. around me were laughing, Shane. They were kind of going, no, oh, it, I get it now, I get it. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think you're very much like me. I don't. I don't care if Hawthorne's not winning. 
I, I, all I care is, are they having a crack? Yeah. You know? Are yeah. they having a crack and and everyone, you know, trying to play for the team and, and do their bit? Yeah, you know, true. Sure, I, I suppose there's a few rivalries, but I, I'm not all about, hey, yeah. they, they've won again and this is great. It's, not, no, it's the way they go about it. Well, you're a one-club player, mate, and I think there's a sense of comfort that comes with that. I mean, I felt like I, I spent 16 years of my life at Essendon. I mean, I could easily be a one-club player. Yeah. Um, but I was a two-club player. Uh, one of the clubs was the one I, I I grew up loving, which I'm very fortunate. And you know what? I'll just tell you, I, I, it's one of my favourite personal footy stories, right? It's just a, this will surprise you, it's about me. But I'm a kid, <laughs> I've got number 26 on my back, a Hawthorne jumper, right? Peter Hudson. Loved him, right? Turns out that Peter's the CEO when I arrived at Hawthorne, so he signed me the contract across the table. I signed it off and didn't even look at the numbers. It didn't matter. It, the money, di- I promise you, did not matter. I probably got teammates thinking, is he here for his retirement slush fund? I didn't care. I said to my manager, if you get me half what I'm now, I'm, I'm spent. So if you can get me anywhere near what I'm on now, that's a win, right? But he did better than that, which is great. Um, but it wasn't about that at all. Anyway, uh, yeah, because so we, we delisted six players yeah, just, just to, to fit try me and in. slot you in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had no money at the time. We were merging. Six, six we were crackers. disappearing as a footy club. Yeah, I did take but it all. Somehow, yeah, he I had no much. idea. If they told me, I would have taken a five k <laughs> clip. But I didn't know. Uh, anyway, um, so anyway, so I've grown up back in Hawthorne. I loved them idolising Peter Hudson. I just have to backtrack a second. I played for Essendon 15 years before coming to Hawthorne at 31. And as unlikely as it is, I do make the team of the, team of the century, right? The most beautiful thing about football is when they first... Um, I mean, obviously being told I'd made it was amazing, but then uh, because Hawthorne picked a side to play tomorrow. If they didn't, Shane would have been in and I would have been out. But they picked a side to take the game, take the ground the next day, the best team. So they picked me to be the second ruckman to... Don Scott. That's why I'm in the team of the century. It's not because I'm in the best 22 players of Hawthorne of all time. Um, so I'm thrilled to bits. And they show me the painting, right? How much do you love footy when they paint me, albeit a little shorter than I actually am, with my <laughs> arm around Peter Hudson uh, yeah, in that right. painting? That's, that is the most beautiful thing, <laughs> uh, the most beautiful possession uh, because that was just unlikely. That was that never meant to happen. At, you know, thirty-one. So I, I kind of see the romance and all that sort of stuff, and uh, certainly it's a prized possession. But um, and it, it's amazing how the world works. You know, you start out as a Hawthorne supporter. Yeah. You know, you go off to the arch rival Essendon. You end up at Hawthorne, yeah. and you've got this beautiful painting with the, the great Peter Hudson, well, one of the I'm all-time ready. greats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you too, I'm sure, have caught many helicopters to games, a bit like Peter did out to Waverley <laughs> back in the day. How would you, how would you, how would you be? Um, I mean, I don't know how you got away with it. I mean, you wouldn't survive the locker room in the 90s. No, it's just Doing the old helicopter arrival. be pretty cool. I mean, Half-time I, entertainment, the <laughs> AFL grand final maybe. I had enough trouble just rocking up in the uh, Volvo XC90, mate. <laughs> The pressure. <laughs> we were on under. the train. <laughs> now, final footy question from me before Croft asks some fun ones. Yeah. You played for Victoria 14 times. You kicked 45 goals. State footy was just electric in the late 80s yeah. and early 90s. What are some of your fondest memories there? Uh, more, uh, well, obviously, the playing is amazing. I mean, um, but the off-field, uh, getting to know players from the opposition. Uh, back then, you know, we had after matches and stuff, but getting to play and live for a couple of days, train with these greats of the game, I mean, I took the field once at, at the Wacker and I'm uh, in the goal square and I look up. Dermot Burton, Stuart Lowe, Gary Ablett in the forward line with me. I'm thinking, I don't belong here. Like, I'm questioning my, pre- my, my place in that. And then the ball goes down. Simon Madden takes a centre bounce, palms it down to Healy. He feeds it to Williams. Williams puts it down the throat. 
Like, seriously, this is like boys' own annual sort of stuff. So what I love about it, I just love that opportunity to play with the best the game had to offer, to build that rapport with those players, uh, to be a part of that. My first one at uh, Football Park was breathtaking. Um, I'm 19. It was a year I was, uh, yeah, it was 84. I kicked five. There was a night Kernahan kicked 10 and Victoria won. Um, exceptional. And all I remember of that that night uh, is Tuesday nights in Adelaide, because we used to play all these night mm. games and state games midweek. Yeah. And they were bruising encounters. Like, it wasn't a, a simple era. It wasn't an easy walk in the park era of football. We worked hard, but the boys, a lot of boys played hard. Anyway, Tuesday nights in Adelaide are pretty dead in the in 1984. I've got to tell you, just a heads up, right? Um, don't expect much from Adelaide on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I go back to the hotel and there's one pub, there's one bar open and, and uh, uh, Wayne Johnson and Jimmy Buckley said to me, "Fish, we'll take you out." Oh, I am oh. stoked! Right, the great, the great men, Carlton legends. Um, again, I'm only a baby, so I'm still. I've just finished watching them and idolising them. Although I'm back for Hawthorne. so Jono and um, and uh, Jimmy take me out. I wake up the next morning in the lobby. In my underwear. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There was nothing else to show for my night out. Um, so I have fond memories. I have fond memories of playing with Mark Lee, the general. Um, yep. Richmond when Simon Madden. Richmond's finest. Yeah. I, I roomed with Steve McCann one year, the North Melbourne great centre-half back. And so, yeah, memories are just filled with these moments. And the EJ Witten and Bob Skilton tandem uh, partnership and you know, what they'd bring to the occasion, uh, how much it meant to them. The bicentennial year of 88... I kicked a bag of goals in the first game and got three kicks in the second, but I won the player of the carnival, you know, just on the way they structured the votes. So I was lucky to get those sort of things along the way. But, um, yeah, uh, and then, of course, you know, fast forward, um, uh, just a really quick one, 90, I can't remember the year. I think it was 97. I played, it was the end of the era for state footy. Um, and I played with uh, Gary Ablett this night. I kicked six, and it was a, it was a round-robin carnival. We played New South Wales, I kicked six. And able to kick four, and we went to the next week. Um, we're playing, I think, West Australia. It doesn't matter, South Australia on, on, on the MCG. And we're going to set up the same. Uh, Billy Goggin wanted me in the goal square. He wanted Gary Ablett 25 30 out, just roaming, dangerous, prowling the forward line, right? And that's the way we had success the week before, and, and um, that's what Billy wanted. So we go take the field, and Gary didn't ever say much, but he's, he's called me over as we've split up to actually take up our positions, right? And he goes, Big man. Call me. He said, "Big." I don't he didn't even know your name. No, he didn't know my name. He said, "Big man." He goes, "How about I start in the goal square and you play up, up the ground?" I said, "Oh, that's, that's to start." I said, "That's." Oh, Billy wanted it, you know, the other way. He goes, "Oh, fish man." He said, "Just, just for five minutes, um, and we'll swap it, swap it back." Anyway, I said, "This is Gary Abbott, right?" And I, I pushed it. I just, yes. I said, "Okay, yeah. Gary, you have it your way." Um, that would never happen to me at Hawthorne. <laughs> Someone tell well, me. Well, early days, you were good below your knees. So. Oh, early days. <laughs> so, so Gary went to uh, full forward, goal square. The game starts. I don't, I'm lost. The ball's just going over my head. Gary kicks a couple. I can't get my hands on it. I go to the bench and um, uh, I, I stay there. Obviously, I've upset someone in the coach's box. EJ comes up to me after the game. He says, you'll never play for Victoria again. What? Yeah, that's what he said. Um, this was 93, sorry, this is 93, right? This is 93 or four. So that's when I got to, um, sadly, very sadly, EJ passed away because I wanted to do it when he was alive. I got to play again in 97. So I, it was just a little bit of a, a thing for me to try and get back there um, after I was broken and everything. So that was a real thing. I don't, you know, Ted wouldn't have any trouble with me saying it. It was just the way he, he probably said it to a few blokes along the way. But um, he said my time for Victoria was up. Um, uh, I, but, but that's I've got Gary Ablett to thank for that I think 
And um, but I got back there, and that's what the, the, the yeah. journey's all about, isn't no, it? That's you know? funny. You know, uh, you do what Gary Ablett wants you to do, don't you? <laughs> G'day punters, once again we're going to Tab's leading bookmaker, Bart Kennett, for the Sunday play. Bart, what have we got this week? We're offering $4.50 for Tom Mitchell and Lockie Neal to combine for 65 or more disposals and at least one goal on Sunday afternoon where we'll see the Hawks host the Pies at the G and Fremantle at the home in the West up against the Lions. Now I have to double check this stat. Tom Mitchell has a career average of 37 disposals per game against the Pies and that jumps to 43 for his time just spent at the Hawks. Expect to see him to get plenty of the ball up against a very leaky Pies midfield. Lockie Neal, well, he's currently our outright Brownlow medal favourite. He's in scintillating form at the moment, averaging 32 disposals per game. And he loves to push forward and sneak a goal, averaging 1.4 shots on goal per game this year. $4.50 sounds like good value. Thanks for that, Bart. Punders, you can find the offer on the Tab app. Offer available online only. Price subject to change and subject to liability cap. No multi, bonus cash, cash out, partial cash out or live bets qualify. See market page for details. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. Now, Croft normally does his best work at the end of the podcast. Oh, Fires some questions at the guests me, about footy nice. trips, about oh, best yeah? players what, what they've played the on and these sort of things. So I'll... Give Shane the ball. What's the best footy trip you've ever been on? Two equal billing, 84. Um, when I did the US tour yeah. with uh, the Bombers. Yeah. Uh, amazing trip. San Francisco, New Orleans, uh, New York, oh. and Hawaii. By the time we got to Hawaii, we were messed. We were, so that was... That was so and it how was how long did that go? One. Did you say two weeks? Two weeks. Oh, my goodness. And the next one was 97 when we did the Philly Eagles. Is it, did you party. run out onto the field at half time during the... No, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a, a vaguely humorous story about this because... Um, we all went to the Philly. This is like the big Philly Eagle Stadium, and Ian and Dicker set it up. Um, we're going to do a. When we we're doing a bit of a practice match, a bit of an exhibition match early, which is about five minute exhibition game. And I had no interest in playing, so but myself and Bung went up to the grandstand. These blokes took the field. Uh, so we're sitting amongst all these American supporters watching Australian rules, some of them for the first time. Right, and these, uh, admittedly, we we'd been eating snags and steaks, you know, five minutes beforehand, and been had a big night, a couple of big nights in Philadelphia. So we weren't probably in our best shape, and it was post season. The boys went out, out, oh, mate. The first two minutes, it was stunning footy, like it was. It was party tricks and boys were performing and I did the warm up and you know there were issues about kicking balls into the stand and stuff but it was Dallas Cowboys versus Philly Eagles and Cowboys at the time were a big deal so it was a big moment and these guys are just turning it on you know, Crawford's cartwheeling and doing blind turns and half took a hanger and kicked the goal over his left right foot over his left shoulder and and the crowd the Americans go wow you see this man this is unbelievable I've never seen this before where are these guys from and uh, we're sitting right next to him. And how's my American accent? Yeah, pretty pretty good. good. Okay, thank you. That's pretty good. Uh, so getting big pump ups upstairs, right? And then we go down, and uh, after the, that little uh, hit and giggle, because the announcer said uh, before the game started, this was funny, ladies and gentlemen, like this big you know, circus sort of announcement that the Hawthorne Hawks from Australia are here to show us a game of Aussie rules. So we took the field. You know, <laughs> after it, they said, can you come back at half time? That was amazing. You guys blew them off the park. Everyone on the grandstand loved you. So, bad decision. We should have just parked it there, but someone's gone, oh, yeah, we'll do it at half time. We'll come back. But, you know, they, you know, go to the bar with a few beers. They come back at half time, and they they coughed up the worst exhibition of the <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Ball bouncing everywhere. No one's taking a clean touch. The Americans turned on them. The fans in the grandstand, the grandstand are going, 
Go home, Ozzy. You stink. Bunging up there sort of hiding our heads because we've got the Hawthorne tracksuit on and we're just sort of turning it inside out so no one knew we were with them. Uh, but that was fun. That was a great trip. And I, um, of course, the that postscript to that was um, we end up in Chicago. Um, boys got to see uh, the, the Bulls uh, in Chicago. It was an awesome trip. I didn't see the Bulls because I went home for my daughter's 10th birthday and gave my tickets to, to Bung. But Father so, of the year. Father of the year. Well, it was a special... But what a trip. That 97, 84, 97. Sorry about the long-winded, but anecdotes everywhere. Sorry. Um, okay, I'm going to... No sitting on the fence. No. Um, who was the best player you ever played with? Oh, only I'm biased. One. Only, only one. <laughs> only, only one. one. Yeah. There's a right Do answer have... here, Fish. No, 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 no. Not <laughs> me. No, include... no, no. It doesn't include <laughs> me at all. State footy? Oh, okay. Because I played... Uh, but yeah. in club football... Yes. Um, I, I can if you had to give me one. Yeah, only one, which is pretty harsh. But yeah, um, it's so harsh. There's some cha- there's some yeah. champions. You know how many champions no, I played just, with. Just one. I, I, well, if you put me to one, I'm going to say Simon Madden because yeah, I right, idolised cool. him. I played ten years as his uh, understudy, which is a long time to go second fiddle with someone. But he was a he was a great at the game. Yeah, and a great man. And as and I learned anything I learned about. Being ruthless and in part being selfish, I learnt from him. A lot of the tricks I put into play at Hawthorne, I learnt from him. Because um, uh, as much as a nice guy he was and a, and a nice teacher, and today you know you want to help him across the road, he's that beautiful. Mm. Um, but there's no, I didn't play with a more lethal teammate than Simon. Matt. And he's in a band too, isn't he? So uh, I'm sure you go and yeah, watch him when he's performing. Yeah, he's a muso. Um, Oh, look, in all fairness, probably not a very good one, but I, <laughs> he loves his music, and I, I love him today, to this day. I think he's amazing, and so, yeah, he'd be my one. Okay, f- so from the state football then, you've also oh, got someone God. that's a clear... You, you, well, well you were sort of heading that way. He's a Williams. Oh, no, he's, that's two. Oh, but that, what, what, where do you stop? Like, yeah. the, the, the champion, I mean, I play, obviously, with Sylvanis and all these sorts of guys of the world, so blessed, mm. mate, totally yeah. blessed. And then, uh, but if you ask me a question, which is the hardest worker in the room, mm. there were three guys that always stood out to me as the hardest, my whole career, um, uh, Gary O'Donnell, uh, or four, O'Donnell, Heard, Danaher, Terry, and Shane. Easily the four gluttons for punishment I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. So credit to you, mate. You're in elite and company there. Good country boys, most of them, I think. O'Donnell's not. Uh, He's uh, except, well, that was country He's back Monterno. then. That was very well, orchards, much on the yeah, he was in the orchards country of yep. Montana. Danaher Bush, Heard, Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively. Yeah. He's still working just as hard post footy, the great man as well. Never stops. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a glut for punishment. I don't think I am. He might have cooked himself, you know, because he worked that hard. I did. On and off the I was field cooked there for a, a few years, but I'm starting yeah. to make a bit of a comeback. Paul Salmon, we've loved having a chat to you today. A legend for the Hawks and for the Bombers. Thanks very much. Thanks, Nick.